And while you're drinking that water, I'm going to sing John Jacob Jingle Hirisman. His name is my name, too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I just remember? had like an Owen Wilson moment there. <laughs> wow. You remember? I can't believe he said the same just so mind-blowing. You remember that episode of Animaniacs where they're doing the karaoke? And really? it was like, they wanted to do karaoke, but William Shatner was ahead of them. And he kept doing all of these William Shatner versions of kid songs. So one of the songs he did was John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And he's like, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name, too. That sounds about right. Odd. <laughs> if I saw that as a kid, I probably thought it was funny, but I didn't get it because uh, I didn't really I didn't know about William Shatner's double life as a intentionally terrible singer. It doesn't make any sense. No, but thankfully we have in this world uh, video and uh, and being able to recall people's past lives. What? I may have gotten off topic. Yeah, alright, welcome everyone to the Wage of Cinema, I'm Jack. All that's going to be edited out. Anyway. Sure it will be, <laughs> and uh, this is Andrew with me. But we want to talk about the trailers at Comic-Con, because we had a pretty good batch this year. Yeah, mostly speaking, we did. Um, I mean, there were a couple of trailers where I kind of rolled my eyes, and then there's one trailer... Which doesn't even seem to fit at being in Comic-Con. But it is. So let's get right into it. What's our first trailer, Jack? Justice League. All right. This is probably the biggest one. Yeah, this was the one that... Um, it's probably a big deal just because Zack Snyder started shooting this movie right when Batman vs. Superman came out. And now he's out of bullets. <laughs> he's, he's shot this franchise deader than he could ever make it and here's what makes this trailer kind of weird okay weird it's as if to prove that justice league was going to be a good time they didn't necessarily make a trailer they made a compilation of jokes uh, yeah it, it feels awkward too because you still have Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Who is great. Yeah, he he really He's... fills in that role. Like, you see him, and you're like, wow, he is Batman. Yeah. He's doing a really good job. And then you have this actor named Ezra Miller, who I don't know if you know who he is, but he's he's the one playing Barry Allen. And he, seem, and he seems like he's doing a great job. He seems like he's doing a decent job, but he also seems like he's come in from another movie. Possibly. Uh, but it's this... Not not to the extent that uh, Jesse Eisenberg was, <laughs> but we'll, we'll give him. Je that. If 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 what's his name who's playing the Flash is is come from another movie, Jesse Eisenberg came from another dimension. So yeah. I don't I don't think we that's, can that, uh, worry fair. too much about that. Um, but I mean, the, the whole who... essence of that encounter in the trailer between Bruce Wayne and Barry Allen is basically to get the endearing geeky sort of character with the guy who plays Batman so they can have yeah. fun times. Now I've now again, I'm not a super expert on the flash. I've watched some of the shows. Oh, he's the fast one. He's the one that literally has flashes around him in case you didn't know. Eh. I found that an obvious touch, but um, what I've actually heard from certain comic book people is that Barry Allen isn't always that jokey. Like, in the TV show, he occasionally makes, like, a wisecrack, but he's mostly, like, a serious guy because his profession is that he works for the police department. He works in, like, the CSI type of division. He's basically a cop. 
What are you talking friends. about, Jack? Police have great senses of humor. They're they're the funniest. Hmm. Please don't shoot us. Um, but uh, but no. Like what I've heard though is that you know Barry Allen should not be funny. If you want a funny Flash, you need to get Wally West. Hmm. And I don't even know who Wally West is. He's the first Flash. Okay. And maybe the one from Justice League, the cartoon. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, but the point is, though, I wonder. I, I've seen a couple of fans complain about that, but again, there might be a small minority. I don't like to listen to fan complaints. No, it's because I don't care. <laughs> oh man, are you gonna say that is, to does a that... certain mutual friend of ours next time you see him? You know what? <laughs> I'll leave that for later. But All here's right. the point. So, what do you think of the trailer, though? It doesn't seem like a trailer. It seems like just a bunch of funny clips put together. Yeah, well, that's the thing. This year, And I'm not saying that means Justice League is going to be bad, but it seems like a very clear attempt by the makers of the film to manipulate us into well, wanting to go see Justice League because it's funny now. Before we go forward, though, I think it's really important to note that this year is feels different in a big way. because This year, 2016. Well, well here's the difference. Comic-Con happened, and they had all these trailers specially made for the convention. But they've been facing a problem the past few years with people who will go into their giant convention hall and will sneak in little cameras to try to you know, get footage and then immediately upload on YouTube. And then you have people getting peeks at something like, like when they first had the very first teaser for Batman vs. Superman a couple years ago. And they didn't put that online immediately. So this year, they decided to circumvent that and put it put it right online at the same time that people in the convention were seeing it. Yeah. But I wonder, though, in a way, if it's this isn't the kind of trailer that you will you should play like to audiences and theaters across the country. This seems a little bit more tailored to people who like thousands of people at a convention. Who are like, oh my god, Aquaman! Oh my god, Flash! You know, all that kind of stuff. You're right. Um, so that feels a little that that feels different, and I wonder if that that's basically what we're gonna get every year, where the the the, the San Diego Comic Con happens, and it's basically the people there. The, the only th- difference between what they're getting and what we're getting is that maybe they'll see a few stars in, a, in you know, the convention. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is, is enough. But And, you know, as I said, it's more of a collection of clips. Yeah. And just you just keep that in mind. It's not a great trailer no. because probably it wasn't intended to be a I think that what they trailer. wanted to do was a little... I think Warner Brothers is... I don't know if you could say damage control because Batman vs. Superman technically was a hit, you know, money-wise. Technically. technically. It did make money. You have to begrudgingly say that, even though with audiences and, and critics, it, it was not a hit. Um, but they, they, I think they're a little worried, which is why you have this collection of clips with a lot of jokes, because I think they had started to shoot Justice League, but we're told uh, people didn't like Batman vs. Superman because it lacked humor. But that's not the only reason that people didn't like that movie. It's not so, even an important reason why people didn't no, like that. No, I mean, yeah, it could have been like a little less deathly grim. Could maybe. it have been a little more coherent in a storytelling sense? Could it have felt a little less like apocalyptic as you're watching it? Sure. Could but, the characters have had more personality? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yes, the bit. answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yes. Let's, so let's move, move on, on to the next one. Next one, um, 
Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, I actually got this title mixed up a couple times. Fantastic I, Planet? No, I <laughs> thought it was Fantastic Beasts and the place they're at. Or some, I don't know. <laughs> where are the beasts at? Where, where are the beasts at, yo? <laughs> where are the beasts are? Where are the wild beasts are? Where the wild things are. Yeah. There. Um. Uh, so as somebody who... Are you big into Harry Potter at all? No. Okay, so what was your take on this? Seems intriguing. I I like the the setting. Looks pretty cool. That sort of magic in old timey America is really intriguing. Yeah, it's a period piece. We have yeah. a couple of period pieces in this set of tra- trailers we got. Yeah. So even though I haven't seen a Harry Potter movie, I would be willing to just see this based upon the trailer. Yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting about it? I I made the the the, the joke in our riffing where I said that uh, you know it's like Godzilla has suddenly shown up. It feels a little bit like a monster movie, but with magic. This is just a fun monster movie, it seems. I don't know. Yeah, no, well, maybe not even monster. Well, it seems like they're creating magic. Now, here's an interesting thing I discovered. This is coming out, not not in the same weekend, but very close in release to Doctor Strange. Hmm. So you got two magic magic movies, synergy magic synergy movies where characters are doing huge magic fights in cities, um, bending space. And but time. will Doctor Strange have Fantastic Beasts? I think not. Maybe not. It doesn't have the power of uh, Eddie Redmayne. No. Who I, I will give this, Mister. The, tra- the trailer doesn't make him seem that obnoxious. He doesn't. He's not. He's not whispering. And then yelling at you unnecessarily. Yes, he's also not badly playing a uh, transvestite stroke uh, transsexual uh, like in the Danish Girl. So or a famous Nobel Prize winning scientist confined to a wheelchair. Yeah, well, that one he wasn't bad. We're uh, gonna name <laughs> all of Eddie Redmayne's roles tonight. Exactly. Um, there are a couple interesting things. I, I'm looking forward to Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's always solid. I like um, Colin Farrell. I do. What I like is that it's it's supposed to be set the in the world of Irish Harry. actor. The Irish actor, not Scottish, at all. There you go. I'm. I've I'm, learned. I'm glad we cleared that up after having a very comical back and forth. I, I love. <laughs> I, it's all, all right. right. It's so, uh, anything else about Fantastic Beasts I from like uh, that, other worlds? I like that it is. Because what, here's the small here's the thing, this is like in the world of Harry Potter again. I haven't read the books, but I've seen the movies. In the in the stories, there are these books that are written and that exist in the world of Harry Potter that are written by this guy. This is what the movie's about. This is about that author. Don't care. <laughs> no, but I like that it's not. It's almost like a weird side prequel thing. Like, it's not telling another Harry Potter story, it's doing its own thing. So that somebody like you, for example, who's never seen a Harry Potter movie, could feasibly walk in, and hopefully the, the in-jokes and in-references aren't shoved down people's throats. The in-jokes should be, they should enhance the experience for for fans, fans, but the real test is whether it's going to be able to engage non-fans. So listen up, right. Warner Brothers, if you entertain Andrew, you've done your job. I agree. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, now, here's the one that is not very Comic-Con-like, but here it is anyway, Snowden. Right. Uh, now, this it's not, un, it's not unheard of that this kind of thing has happened. Like, 
a few years back they had Francis Ford Coppola at Comic Con, and he showed this movie. He had he was promoting this movie called Twixt, right? Uh, which I think I've talked about on the show. It's a weird vampire movie. Um, so yeah, like this is this is kind of a biopic about Edward Snowden. Yeah, it's the not- the thing that. Uh- this is going to be me reacting from the gut, so don't take this too seriously. Okay. It feels like it's too soon to really make a deep story of Edward Snowden. Mm. Well, and the thing that makes and th- what this reminded me of was Oliver Stone's 9/11 movie. Mean World Trade Center? Yes. Oh, don't I, I? I hope it's not that. Because back then it seemed like it was too soon. Not a, not in like an irreverent way where it's like, no, you shouldn't be making a movie about September 11th. But it was like, it's been such and such years, and already we're getting a movie about the World Trade Center attacks. It, it seems like it's jumping the gun. Mm. Snowden seems like it's jumping the gun. Um, maybe I he, I get. I get why he's doing it. Like he's, it's not like it's unheard of in his career to try to tackle like topical things. I mean, Natural Born Killers. He was trying to W. Double W is the that was the example I was thinking of. I wasn't thinking of World Trade Center. I think because World Trade Center is, it almost feels like a Hallmark movie or something <laughs> that happens to have Nicolas Cage buried under uh, a lot of rubble for two hours. Um, Where Nicolas Cage should be every once in a while. No. There you but go. It's, uh, but no, it's uh, yeah. But the thing was, W felt too soon. Mm. That was something that I saw, and the problem was that maybe for the next generation, if they watch it another ten, twenty years from now, they might get something out of it because maybe by then people have forgotten all the things that George Bush did and who he was. But in two thousand eight, when he was still in office, it felt too soon. Now with yeah, Snowden, I mean, I'm I'm a little more open to Snowden just because a the cast looks pretty impressive. Now, granted, Oliver Stone can always assemble a good cast. Oh, by the way, Nicolas Cage is in this. Sweet. Which is kind of cool. He plays like a CIA guy, I think. He wasn't in this one. Who else would Nicolas Cage play? The only other suitable role for Nicolas Cage is as Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> Write that movie. You got it. You, you Done. Forget Zero Dark Thirty. We are going to have Nicolas Cage Dark Thirty. I Cage love it. <laughs> that's that's a great pair. Right. Death to all Americans. <laughs> we will we will kill you all and you infidels. Um, no, but I I now the weird thing is now you haven't seen the documentary which I might have actually talked about in one of our first podcasts, if not our very Snowden, first one. The one no, about Snowden. It, yeah, it's called Citizen Four. Oh, it actually yeah. won the Oscar for best documentary. <laughs> I forgot the movie we're talking about now is called. And Snowden. the interesting thing is, I think in the trailer, uh, there's this character, there's this actress Melissa Leo who looked like in the movie she was getting ready to set up an interview with him. Uh-huh. I think that was from that movie. Because in Citizen Four, it's all about how this director, Laura Poitras, uh, sat down with Snowden like this very clandestine thing and interviewed him about. So clandestine, they made it into an entire movie. Yeah, pretty much, and it was great. Um, so that's that's my one thing is that Snowden right now is like he's like in Russia. It's like, why'd you make a movie out of the thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now this the interesting thing that this was supposed to actually come out last year. Like, in mm-hmm. December. It was originally going to be, like, a big release. 
And I think Oliver Stone claimed that he didn't have all the special effects done or something, which sounds odd. I don't know if this looks like it has many special effects. <laughs> um, so it got pushed back twice. It's it, it's not Batman versus Superman. No. <laughs> Yeah, Unless Snowden punches his way out of the Pentagon, I don't really see what the delay is for. That's that's what's missing from the trailer is seeing all that. Um, it's like know. it's I'm... like in The Simpsons when Mel Gibson's doing that remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and they add that ending where Mel Gibson just kills all the senators in the chamber. There you go. That's what that's what's gonna happen to Snowden. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not. Over the wall for it. As Joseph Gordon-Levitt, what? How could like it, how him. could it be terrible? He's always doing well. The only th- problem I had with him recently was last year when I saw that movie, The Walk. Yeah, about the tightrope guy. Yeah, where like acting wise, he was fine, except that his accent was just—I don't know—his accent wasn't that great. I don't know. Actually, no, no, it wasn't that. It was the narration. But that's something else. All right. So let's move on to this next movie, King Arthur. Yeah. Now, King Arthur. Now, here's what I want to ask you as somebody who has seen several King Arthur movies, who has made me watch King Arthur movies. A, a man who is a big fan of the mythos and legend of King Arthur. Is this too That's extreme? Me. I was thinking about that question this morning, and I think I don't think that's really the important point. The question is: Is <laughs> the important point is that he's King Arthur from the streets? Okay. <laughs> what streets about that? did they have in like the whatever this? Yeah, streets are not really a thing in medieval <laughs> England. But let somebody me... should tell Guy Ritchie that man. I, I it's funny that like I actually didn't know he's directing this, and I made a joke like, "Oh, is this a Guy Ritchie movie?" Because it. Just like with because Sherlock it feels Holmes. like a Guy Ritchie well, no, film. Even, yeah, down to having a bare knuckle boxing match. Okay, so this is why this film deserves a chance. Okay, we have our expectations. All right, it's a movie about King Arthur, about how he becomes king, presumably, and it's directed by Guy Ritchie. This is going to be Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, yeah. quite clearly. So this is the angle he's going to take. Arthur is like a street thug. He has a bunch of friends. They're kind of good guys, but they also do shady things. This is going to be his setup. This is going to be his take on the legend of King Arthur. And it's also going to have giant elephants and magic and all that stuff. So we have to temper our expectations. I don't know if I'm going to see this in the theater. I'm not personally excited by it. (laughs) It seems silly, but... Knowing what we know from the trailer, I don't see a reason why we should expect anything different. You know what's interesting with King Arthur? I feel like... Not, I don't know if there's a King Arthur movie every decade. Maybe there is. It feels like every decade gets the King Arthur movie for its time. I don't think so. Local, I think not, King... Almost. Maybe not quite. Like You look at like that 50s movie, the King Arthur Knights of the Round Table. It's a little bit stagey. It's a little bit... like. I, I felt as a little bit constrictive, but it was what it was. It like was a, of its time, and it was, yeah. and it had a, uh, well, to me at least, it had an endearing quality to it. It does. I mean, it's a little hokey, it's a little dated, but it But it's well-costumed, it has good sets, it has... It's yeah. mounted. Right. And then you have Sword in the Stone, which, uh, you know, that was what it was. Uh, you mean cheap? 
I, I love Sword in the Stone. I don't care what you say. Like, it, it's... I, I, I recognize that it's a little... It, Disney didn't spring a lot of money for it. No. But, but I have fun with it. I, I have a, a sentimental place from seeing it a lot of times as a kid. Okay. Um, there's a French film in the 70s called Lancelot of the Lake, which maybe sometime you should check that out, maybe. Sure. Because um, it, it's a King Arthur movie, but it focuses a lot on Lancelot. Okay. As the title suggests, and that's a that's kind of more of an art film, even though there is a good deal of bloody violence in it, but it's highly stylized. It comes from this French director, Robert Brisson. A long thing about that. Then the '80s, we get Excalibur. Okay. Um, that John Borman, my uh, the Zardoz man. Yes, your Zardoz man. He he tries to take things a little bit grittier, a little bit more realistic, but still fantastic looking. In, yes. Not in the sense of oh, that's fantastic. I mean like. Very fantasy-oriented, and it mixes well with the grit. Yeah. Well, for the most part, anyway. Yeah, and then, in the 90s, I don't... First night. Oh, God. I feel like I saw a little bit of that on TV, and it just looks so boring. Yeah. I, that's almost Sean Connery, right? Yeah. All right. Richard Gere. Maybe one day I'll give that a chance. Yeah, that I'll give more, it a chance. That looks more like a romance story. Yeah. But it's still a, But it's still a different take than the other yes. films. Then, then, about... 12 years ago, there was Clive a King o Arthur movie, yeah, Clive, Owen, Clive which, Owen, which I've still not seen. I've heard that it's I want boring. to see it, but I'm probably not going to enjoy it a great deal. Yes. But still, it's doing its own thing. We should watch it and do a podcast. We're going to we're gonna Arthur it up. We're going to make it... Arthur it up? Yeah. Well, how, how so? We're going to watch a whole bunch of King Arthur movies. We'll watch First Night. We'll watch... Uh, We'll watch uh, King Arthur with Clive Owen, we and then maybe we'll do a review of uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Streets. We should get, like, turkey legs from a renaissance fair. Verily. Verily, yes. And now we have this movie, which, you know, this is what it is. It This is now... Basically, at this point, you know what to expect. I wonder... Now, I don't know if I've read... Maybe I've read about this somewhere. I could be wrong. I'm tempted to say that, just like with a lot of other things, this is a Hollywood studio angling to maybe make a franchise out of this you did mention this in a previous thing that somebody was trying to make yeah a king arthur cinematic universe this might be the start of again an attempt which is interesting because you look at the title and i'm a little bit worried just because it has the word legend in it mm. and we just had legend of tarzan which didn't do well at all at the box office are you one of those people who thinks like the reason the reason people didn't see Mars <laughs> Mars needs moms is because it had Mars in the title. Mar uh, Look, remember no, remember John Carter? Oh yeah, yeah. John Carter was originally called John Carter of Mars. Yeah. But before John Carter came out in theaters, there was a movie called Mars Needs Moms, and it didn't do very well, and they thought it was because it had Mars yeah. in the title, was, so they took the Mars out of John yes. Carter of Mars and made it a stupid title of just a man's name. I didn't know that, but if that, you that, knew that. We've told this story before. Well, what I love about that is the fact that they didn't blame the quality of the film. Yeah. The fact that Mars Needs Mom is reportedly a bad movie. How about like how about the title? That if you have a movie with moms in it, it's not going to do well. Yeah, moms are terrible. Yeah, who needs moms? Down with moms. Hey, except our moms. Hey, Jack's mom. Hey, Jack's mom. Thanks. You don't have to say Jack's mom. She's your mom. <laughs> I was. I and was, it has Charlie Hunnam in it, so he was in Pacific Rim. Yeah. I'll I'll back him for anything. Jude Law, he's always good. Eh. Eh. I could take him or leave him. 
he he can be a good guy. Now he's sometimes movies let him down, but he always tries to come to work. All right. Well, what's um, next? Oh, uh, Blair Witch. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing about this. For a long for a while, this was under a different title. This was just called The Woods. And then Well, I'm glad they changed it. Well, no, like it was secretly being made it was secretly being a Blair Witch movie in production. Oh, The Woods tell. was just like its cover title? Yeah, until Comic Con where they said, Are you excited for the Woods? Well guess what? It's actually Blair Witch Three. Boo <laughs> Yeah. Um here's my thought watching it. Who was because excited for the Woods? That's a s that's a terrible title. That is such a generic title. That is I might have talked about this movie earlier this year. That's a was, slightly worse title than The Witch. Well, the very... See, I like... The Witch is... Uh, that, that's fine. No, I was about to say, the very first movie I saw this year, that... that like, I, I talked about a 2016 release, was called The Forest. And I think that came out <laughs> oh, at yeah. the same time as The Boy. So we got all of these movies that came out in succession. Hey, uh, what, are, what are we going to call our movie? I don't know. Open the dictionary. <laughs> Try to find a noun. Let's call it the cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's call. And it... See, you can do. You can't do it with just a word like the boy because okay, it's too generic. You can do it with a movie like Cabin in the Woods because Cabin in the Woods is a recognizable horror trope that's where they were doing a play that they were playing off of yeah you can't just take random abstract things or even just generic settings and give them the title see why i was fine with the title the witch is because if you look on the poster it's technically called the the, the witch yeah because have we like figured that, that out yet the two v's i think that in old time language that was supposed to be w maybe um but Point is Blair Witch, Blair Witch Project, the '99 movie. I love that movie. I like the Blair Witch Project. Like it, okay, not love it. I don't love it because the characters become unlikable towards the end. Hmm. And see, to me, I don't know if they necessarily become unlikable. They, like, they, uh, to me, they're most unlikable in the mid section of the movie. Near the end, they just become really desperate and sad and. Well, that that that, that one actually felt sorry for them. That that's what I meant. Like in the middle, when everybody's just kind of wandering around in the woods, and the movie starts to drag a little. I felt you like also me, have that it, impact of characters who just become annoying. See, I, I don't know. I think for some people, I can definitely see that. I I guess I just connected with the characters. It part of it is because when even because when I you've first been on a it, film crew, I've been on a film crew. Even when I, <laughs> but even when I first saw it when I was like fifteen, I was like. I want to be with these people. They seem like <laughs> cool guys, even though they do some dumb things. Mm. And but I, I think that the reason why I was sucked in was because of the approach, how it was shot, the fact that they, they, that was the beginning of not not the very beginning because there were examples. There were antecedents, that. but it's the it's the one it's that the spiritual made, birth of the found footage film. It is the reason why we have Cloverfield. Yes, and also and, hundreds of other shitty uh, found footage movies. And Paranormal Activity 25. And uh, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which we talk about titles. <laughs> when I first heard that title, I thought it was a fake title. Uh, and then it turned out to be real, and I was like, really? Wait a minute, I got it. The Woods, The Ghost Dimension. <laughs> sure! 
Why not? <laughs> Andrew, you've done it again. We'll have a podcast one day about bad movie titles. That'll be fun. Yes, but it'll basically just be all of a, both of us reading off a list. But the point of terrible is, movie the titles. point is with Blair Witch. I the problem is that even if you have a really good filmmaker, and I think the guy who's behind this, his name is Adam Wingard, and I haven't seen much of his stuff. I've been meaning for a long time to see. Adam Wingard sounds like a fantasy character. I'm going to have to steal that. (laughs) Sure. Have have a character in one of your books called Wingard. Yes. Um, He he made a movie called You're Next, which I hear is really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, that's a good title. You kind of chuckled. That's pretty good. For a horror movie, and it's supposed to be... I really enjoy enjoy movie titles that are exclamations. Scream. Or interjections. No, scream scream is just a word. Uh, But, you know, things like, Them! (laughs) <laughs> is that and an it's alive it's alive is more of an interjection than them well them but is just a word them had an exclamation point at the end of the title so well, your it next, counts i don't remember if it has an exclamation point but the point is the way that the blair witch project was shot you had it on it went between 16 millimeter cameras and you and early digital video hmm. and because of that you had a good contrast between these two styles it was really rough. It was really grainy. It really made you feel like you were there in those woods. And it made n- you feel claustrophobic in a way. The fact that even though you have all these woods, you're trapped in there. Yeah, and the novelty of it and the sort of really bent the reality and, and the advertising campaign. Like, oh, the advertising and, campaign. And you were like, is this real? They, they re- The filmmakers really <laughs> took advantage of the internet in its infancy. The fact that they kind of made, actually literally fooled a lot of people yeah. a lot of, and it became one of the most profitable oh one of the most films profitable independent made. films of all time the fact that it was made for $35,000 and made hundreds of millions yeah now that's just I, I think they basically you know I think the directors who made that made some other movies but they didn't have to they could just like retire on that yeah that's incredible but now you have this new movie which is trying to resurrect the uh, if it's even a franchise, like they made a sequel. Technically, yes. Not very good. <laughs> and the thing is, about it also the, had some computer games. But I didn't play any of those. Neither did I. Now the thing is, seeing this trailer, and this is go, just going by the trailer, you take out the iconography, you take out that symbol of the Blair Witch. It doesn't look that different from other found footage movies. And part of the problem is that they're just shooting on that one format. Which now technology has kind of caught up, cinematically speaking. Like, it used to be when the Blair Witch Project was done in 99, you had different tiers of technology. Hmm. Like, you had movies that could look really great, like 35mm films, but then you had that lesser technology. You know, the, the, the cameras that were, you know, they, they had their own personality because they were of inferior quality. They were cheaper. But now... This movie doesn't really have that. It just kind of looks like another horror movie. I hadn't thought of that. The the thing that really struck me is that we're starting with that old horror movie trope of many sequels. I'm going to find my family member who disappeared in the last movie. And then... (sighs) Yeah, there's that too. And then it's becoming, from everything I saw in the trailer, it (laughs) becomes a rehash... (laughs) 
of the first film. Oh man! You're, now you're, and then now you you're, and now you're entering into like the Halloween sequels, right? And then <laughs> here's and then as you said, there's this whole you know the first one had this difference of formats and uh, yeah. and those were mixed together and it, it was the idea of this is just a you know this was an independent film that made millions of dollars and uh, this idea of bending reality and now they've just taken that experience they've ironed it out made it this flat imitation of what the first one was. Yeah. That's what it looks like. I'm saying a lot about a film that hasn't even come out yet. No, it's, I know. It, we're, it's, we're going based on a trailer, we're, but... It, it's so weird to just... It's so easy to make suppositions like this. No. Uh, but it, it feels like... There are a couple it's go, of moments... It's going to be a rehash. There are a couple of moments that intrigue me. A couple of little visual things. There's this one moment where a girl is looks like she's stuck in like a tunnel or like yeah. a tree trunk. That looks kind of interesting. Or the part where they break the finger figure in half. Yeah, not finger. But figure. then, but then they, the one other problem with it, and this is more of a problem sometimes I've had with trailers over the years. I feel like I maybe saw the whole movie. Yeah. Like they show them going to the house. Which now, unless the... all that happens in the first act, then <laughs> this movie is not going to be worth the the admission. Yeah. I mean, I might give it a chance just because hey, you know I mean, movie... there are only 3 Blair Witch movies now in the world, so maybe I'll give it a chance. You know what movie did that well? What? The remake of Friday the 13th. I didn't really care for the remake. I like it better than the original. Well, fine, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. You know what though? I I say that I haven't seen the original. Friday the 13th and so long. I'm actually looking at it's it. It's right there. I have a copy of it in my kitchen. Um, on VHS, too. Yeah. I, I speaking of uh, format. speaking of formats. Yeah. Maybe if I watched that again, maybe I would think Friday the 13th remake wasn't that bad. But uh, When you but, watch... But it, I'll give you that. When you watch them back-to-back like I did, it's really easy to but see. But this isn't so much a remake, though. This is technically a sequel. But maybe one of those... I mean, but did we see anything in this trailer to make us think that the story was going to be any different from the first film? No. 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 It just always right. was. Let's, all right, so Suicide Squad. What can we say about this now? Uh, the movie's gonna, We're going to see this in a couple days, by the way, so stay tuned for our review of the episode, uh, of the movie. You know what I will say about the Suicide Squad trailers? They've made really effective use of music. Yeah, although... This one I I feel like didn't have very memorable music compared to the other ones. Like I, I think I I think about those trailers and they had whoever was cutting those trailers really had a good sense of musical timing to the images. Yeah. Whether the movie turns out to be that exciting, or it's dynamic, almost who knows. It's almost like there's a guy on YouTube named Mike Realm who does these remixes of movies. Uh, he. He, you know, he takes the sounds from from the movies, remixes yeah. them, but but when he puts up a video on YouTube, he also includes the clips. Sure. So it play the trailers play out a lot like those. Check out Mike Realm if you uh, if if you have YouTube Realm. handy. It's really like, he's really he's pretty good. Like Realm, like R E R E L R E L M. Mike Realm. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to point out about the trailers is that they've done a really good job giving us the premise of the film and not giving away the plot. Hmm. Well, and that's um, well. I mean, th- what kind of plot do you have? I mean, you basically have like these villains who are assembled by Amanda Waller to go fight some 
really bad guy in the city. And, but we all know, like, all the information. The they one can't... thing is the Joker. <laughs> and... That has been kept really under wraps, which I do applaud them for. The fact and... that you don't know what role he plays yet. Like, because early on, I thought maybe he's also part of the Suicide Squad, but he's the super wild card. Because I didn't know that much about the Suicide Squad until I, I watched a, a DC animated movie called Assault on Arkham which is basically like a Suicide Squad movie um, in DC animated form. And that one showed me, okay, no, the Joker isn't part of that, so that's fine. But the other thing is, we, Batman is in this film. We don't know what part he plays. We don't, And it really seems like there's going to be another villain aside from the Joker. But we don't know what any of this has to do with anything, but we know the basic information. We got all these villains, they're going to become a super team, and they're going to go out to do this thing, but we don't know what the thing is. So yeah. now I want to see the movie to see what the thing is. Yeah, which, you know, there's it's a really... lot of hype for it. It could be a letdown. We'll see. Um, but you know, I think as far as the trailers go, this might have been my least favorite. But maybe it's just because I've seen so many trailers by now, I'm almost just exhausted. <laughs> and the fact that they had you had it, that first trailer, which used Bohemian Rhapsody, which mm. was really terrific. Oh, and there was a trailer before that. It, it had uh, I started a joke. Oh yeah. And there was the trailer. I almost forgot about that. But the, no, the one I remember is the one that used Ballroom Blitz. Yeah. Which now I will sometimes be at work and I'll have Ballroom Blitz in my head. And, yeah. And they'll get me energized. Um, that that's a great trailer song. It is. Um, but again, they've made a great use of music in this in these trailers. I but, but the thing I disagree about is that in this trailer it feels like they featured what might be the theme song. It seemed like somebody was rapping about the Suicide Squad, and eh. I was just like, I don't care. But so. the other songs were good. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's move on, though. Yes. Uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Strange. This trailer actually makes me less excited for Doctor Strange. How so? Because... More different than the first trailer, you mean? Okay, what's different about this trailer that... That make that's that kind of turns me off. Um, well, the first one c kind of just introduced me to the idea of Doctor Strange, and it's like, oh, this is a move interesting thing. Uh, the first, the second trailer didn't give me much more than that. I mean, it kind of introduced a villain, but we don't know who he is, and he just and you know, knowing Marvel movies, they have a problem with villains being interesting. Um, and so I, I didn't get well, anything. So I didn't get anything that made Mads Mikkelsen look any better. I didn't even know he was in the movie until this trailer. Right, but I don't think he was in the first one. Very but much. the fact that he's played by Mads Mikkelsen doesn't really make him seem more interesting. He just seems like another high-profile actor who they've put, yeah. who they've chosen to play this Doctor Strange villain, who probably won't have much staying power. Uh, and then you know, not much more information about the plot it's like oh yeah he's still trying to become a wizard and great <laughs> um here's what i would say i watching this trailer the first time i watched it i was actually i, I felt very excited for it i was like oh my god this looks really so cool my but in re-watching it for, for a few times in order to do this podcast i started to get a little less excited just because of a number of the a lot of the visual effects, it, it really does look reminiscent of uh, what Nolan has done in his movies. Mm. Like, the, like the shot where he looks out in the ocean, I thought of Interstellar, and then I thought 
And you know, Inception with the, bending, with the Bending City. Yeah. Uh, now, it does make me intrigued to see what they can do. The fact that this is all magic. I, I'm really open just to the idea that Marvel is now stretching into the world of magic fantasy. Uh, but the thing is, too, that Marvel hasn't done much with magic. I mean, look at the Thor movies. Mm. They've been a little lackluster, and they haven't embraced that idea of this is this is magical power, or this is a magical world. They always try to give it a sci-fi twist, mm -hmm. which doesn't make it more interesting. It just kind of diminishes how cool it is. Yeah. And, you know, Scarlet Witch in you know, Avengers and in Captain America, her magic whatever isn't magic. You know what was, one, you know what was one thing I consistently like in this trailer? It's just one shot. Which, I, I'm very, I'm not somebody who likes 3D very much. No, you're but not. I would be intrigued maybe to see this in 3D. Just because there's this one shot where Tilda Swinton is walking forward, and it's like, there's all this, it seems like there's this glass that breaks apart, and then right. goes into all these different shapes. I'm doing lots of hand movements with in the air right now as I'm saying this. Yeah. That shot suddenly made me think, okay, that could be cool in 3D. Hmm. Which I'm very, I'm very much somebody who's like, I don't like, I want to see this in 3D. But with if they do lots of things like that, that that made me sit up and maybe say like, all right, maybe that will be my one movie of the year <laughs> that I choose. I always pick one movie usually, give or take maybe one or two, but I pick usually one to go see in 3D because the filmmaker has some real good reason for using it mm. and this doesn't look like the typical thing where oh we're gonna have lots of explosions and lots of things like that no this looks like they're trying to break apart space and time yeah and that can be cool it's just that marvel's track record right now with especially with the first movies of characters like ant-man like incredible hulk uh it can be hit or miss they can I will be say, when they are when they hit they do quite well uh guardians of the galaxy there are these common flaws that we see several times. Uh, Matt and Nicholson I, does look a little generic, I will say. Yeah. Now, he really he has really good screen presence in a number of movies I've seen him in. Again, I haven't read much of Doctor Strange, so I don't know what to expect. I don't One know much about Doctor Strange. One thing that does make me excited, of course, is that... Uh, Black the, Panther? Is he in the movie? Yeah, he was the black guy. <laughs> no! Wait, that's not Black Panther! Sure it is. Joelle Ejiofor? Yes. No! Are you sure? Because I'm pretty yes! sure that he yes, is. Yes, you racist! <laughs> you saw Civil War! You should know about That's Chadwick Boseman! Hmm. No! I'm getting why my would, black Why would Black Panther be in this movie? Why wouldn't he be? Why is he doing magic? Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> because it's God damn it! You're like Stephen Colbert. You're like, I don't see color. <laughs> no, that is the actor Chiwetel Ejiofor. Wait, so, Col so Colin Farrell is Scottish? Why I oughta... No, that's pretty fun. I, I, I Damn want, it! I want Colin Farrell to play a Scottishman just to make you confused. I agree. <laughs> no, no, that's like the other magician guy. You know what? We're gonna we'll talk. You don't him. know who he is. I don't exactly know his character, but I know he's not Black Panther. Black Panther. Does right. Black Panther show any magic tendencies? And I don't know if he's magic. I thought they would have put him in. <laughs> you just think 
Color Magic. No. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to take this part out of the podcast, right? No, it's, it's just too good. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is uh, the best thing that we've recorded all year. All right. Kong. All right. Here's oh, no, no, where no, no, we... No, 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 no. I, I skipped one. Sorry. Wonder Damn it. Woman. Sorry, Wonder All right, Woman. Wonder Woman. This is one of the best trailers I saw. It's okay. Just okay? Really? Yeah. I I don't know. I, I really... It makes me... Ex- this is the one I'm interested. movie I'm most excited for now. Actually, now, I have to now, agree... With, with caveats. Now, I have to agree, This, uh, as far as DC movies goes, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. There are certain choices that I want to see why they decided these. For example, why they move Wonder Woman's origin from World War II to World War One. Also, they changed it... If, again, I'm not an expert in Wonder Woman, but... I thought that her, Zeus isn't her father. It depends. I know in the new comics, Zeus is her dad. I, I did read one of those runs. I did read like a run by this writer, uh, Brian Azarello. I might be confused, but I think he changed it in like the new Fifty Two to make him uh, uh, her father. But from my recollection, it's actually like her. She was. She doesn't really have a father per se. Like it's like she, her father's like. It's something a little bit more esoteric. Or... She was formed from clay. Yeah, she was made out of clay, like Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> She's but... a golem. Yeah. <laughs> She's a golem. Um, but yeah, no, uh, well, the World War One setting, I think, is kind of intriguing. We don't see a lot of superhero movies that take place then. Can you think of another World, of another world War One superhero movie? No. Well then, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's, that's exactly. But it seems like, it seems like a weird choice. But I, I'm willing to go there, with there it. I just want to see why. Yeah, I mean, I like again. She she already showed it in BVS, but I like uh, this actress Gal Gadot. Yeah, she's good. I like Chris Pine. He seems like a good male uh, sidekick. He, he seems like he's a good straight man to get some humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and though, uh, Black Panther was in this one too. Is he in this one now? Hold on. Nah. Now you're just... Now I'm just messing with you. <laughs> he, was, he was like the one black guy in the battle. <laughs> he somehow lived all these years to become king of Wakanda. <laughs> okay. So, does it look... Here's my caveat. The moments where it goes into Snyder action. I come to expect it now. Uh, but it, the thing is, it's not the same director, though. I, I, it's somebody who... Actually, it's one of the cool things. This is the first movie with a budget over $100 million to be directed by a woman. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Who's the director? The director is Patty Jenkins, I believe is her name. I'd have to look up what else she's done. She's done a lot of non-superhero type stuff. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving it a chance. I like that... Uh, not... Again, in a different way than Suicide Squad, this looks like it actually has color. Mm. It's not all very gray or brown. Or... Not all of it. No, not all of it. Well, there are a little things. You know what was one little weird thing? Her lasso. That seemed to stand out a little bit. Well, it's. I don't think that's a problem. I mean, it's it... not a problem. It's just something I observed. Is like, it it kind of seems a little bit out of place in the scenes that it pops up in. I don't know. But that's not. I also. What do you think of the very end of it, or the the bit with the secretary? Eh. I thought that was kind of amusing. 
Nah, it yeah, seems yeah. like I wasn't impressed with the All joke. Right. All right. Well, it seems kind of obvious. You know what, though? Again, this is the type of trailer which I, I suspect, just like with Justice League, this is another trailer that was made specifically for Comic-Con that they just happened to decide to release online so that we didn't get a bunch of really shitty uploaded versions. But enough of that, though. Con. All right. Now, this is here's the, the one I am that most excited I am really, really excited yeah, for. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. All right. Legendary's Godzilla film is a disappointment. To a me. Bit. Yeah. No, to me, too. And Legendary is trying to build a cinematic universe of giant monsters. Yes. And I am perfectly happy with that. You'll know from our Monsters Pod, Giant Monsters podcast, and I'm a big fan of monsters. Yes. And if Legendary wants to go this route, I'll back them up. That's fine. Okay. Now, what makes this great, though, is that this film really seems to stand out on its own. Yeah. Well, uh, well the thing that intrigues me is the timeline. Yes, as this is taking as... place back in the 1970s, and it draws yeah. a lot. This is going to take place probably in the ju- in the years just after the Vietnam War. So, in this... and it draws from films yeah. of the Vietnam War. You kept talking about Apocalypse Now. Well, that, that that's an in, that that's an intentional choice. Well, the, the helicopters seem right out of the movie, and the, all the yellow icons. color palette. Yeah. The uh, the sort of it's it's a the Vietnam messy way. it's a Vietnam King Kong movie. Sign me up. You're right, and it it's, <laughs> it looks it, and it has great style. It's got Samuel Jackson. It's got John Goodman, Brie Larson, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh, and Sam Jackson in fine form, like he he looks like he is prime ready. Sam Jackson, he looks like he's got the eyes, he's got the yelling. Uh, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> and and people talk about this is also going to be a necessary step to get from King Kong to get to King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Now the thing I wonder, so in this universe. The King Kong that we all know and love that doesn't exist. Well, because I don't obviously, know. spoilers. This King is, Kong this is not live at the end. This is not the world of the 1930s King no, Kong. No, it's not. This is not the world of Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. Now that ex- I, I, in a way though, I like that. <sighs> yeah. Like we have a King Kong movie where it's like we're just gonna wipe the slate clean and start off as if King Kong. We're having like a King Kong origin story in the 70s. Yeah. So that, you know, years down the line, we can get a King Kong vs. Godzilla movie. And they show just enough of King Kong to make you know, A, he's a real threat, and B, he proportionally looks like he can actually be about the size of Godzilla. That's one of the important things about this, because everybody talks about King Kong versus Godzilla. It's not going to work, because because Godzilla is like 300 to 500 feet tall. Kong is about 50 feet high at yeah, most. Yeah, and when they did that... Uh, when Toho did their uh, Godzilla versus King they just Kong said, movie. "Screw it, we're doing it." <laughs> Screw it, we're getting a guy in a really crappy King Kong outfit, and it still was a lot of fun. It's a guilty pleasure. And here's what I love: uh, Legendary is just like, oh, everything that came before. Screw it, we're making our own, and they're gonna make a giant Kong. And they've really they showed very little of him, but they're also all those other little clues like the giant bones all over the place, the giant handprint on the cliff. Yeah. Which is was one of the most exciting shots in the entire trailer. That was pretty cool. And 
There are going to be dinosaurs in this because we saw a, tri- a triceratops skull. Yeah. And there are there's definitely a giant spider. So it seems like they're able the makers... To explore, well, it's in the title. They're able to explore what's on this island in ways that the original King Kong movie and the Peter Jackson remake, they showed some of it. But here you can make it be a really menacing place. Yeah, and it really seems like if Legendary is trying to make the cinematic universe, they are really trying to build it up as a world where giant monsters exist. Yeah. And they're not taking like the stupid scientific route of, oh, he was an iguana that was mutated by radiation. No, the monsters are here. We don't have to explain anything. These are what they look like. We're going for it. Yeah. Well, except, that sort when, of, except when they kind of tried to explain it in Godzilla, and it was pretty shoved in there. Yeah, it was stupid in Godzilla. But now it seems like they're, they're saying, screw it, just go. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited for that. We should go see this opening day. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so Kong Skull Island, sign up. And just remember, Skull! Skull. All right, what's and, next? And the last one, we got Lego Batman. Lego Batman. It looks funny. It looks funny. I would have to say, if you had to make me choose... I would have to say, if you had to make me choose. Well, you're being just everything I say. Yes. All right. The first trailer I thought was a little bit funnier. Okay. Consistently. Like, that one really was just, like, a little bit more sustained because it was the teaser. This one is really fun. Well, I mean, you're Um, you're talking about, like, they, they basically showed a scene from the film. Yeah. This is, I think, a little better because it introduces, uh... Robin. Our Robin, which played that, by that Michael Sarah, who is seems that voice Michael Sarah. Yes. Okay. Who seems like he's just gonna knock it out of the park. Oh yeah, yeah. He and Will Arnett together. That that sounds so much fun. Yeah. And they, they even get like the Joker in there too. Yeah. And it's the other great thing about this too is that we're finally getting a decent comedy movie about Batman. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had that in fifty years. Are you talking about the? Are you talking about the '66 Batman? I'm talking oh, about yeah. I'm talking about a decent comedy. Movie. That's a that's an awesome movie. Shut up. That that is that movie is amazing. Again, I, I recognize it's cheesy. And, now, I, and I but that movie. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Come okay, on, that man. Was, that's that comic gold. Now, All right, no, no, I know what you mean though. Yeah. In terms of it being not in the campy yeah. Silver Age. Because Batman. the thing I found about DC and about Batman specifically is that it takes itself so seriously. It's yeah. like well, it's well, like Burton Batman. had a somewhat good sense of humor about it. Like it was I, very dark. This is a more recent thing. No, no, but no, no. The, I, oh, oh, absolutely. I, the Dark Knight films are a good trio of films. Yeah, but there's so much portentous. I, this was especially prevalent in Batman vs Superman. There's so much gravity and. It's solemnity around the idea of Batman, and he's so it, built it, up. It's as my my wife once put it when she talked about the Dark Knight, and I don't know if I quite agree with this, but she said like you're trying to make have the tone of Schindler's List with a movie about a guy who dresses up as a bat and fights a clown. Yes. Um, now, yeah. So I really do like that DC. You know, say what you want about them, they do have this movie coming out. And but, it shows that they, we have two di- very different Batmans that can coexist Batman. in cin- cinema. What? Batman. Batman. Yes. But we have two Batmen who one of them is you know 
Ben Affleck, and then you have Will Arnett, they're able to take the piss out of their cinematic universe while they're doing it. Now, I'm not going to ascribe that totally to some sort of artistic. No, uh, it's, it's a idea. lot of luck. It's but but it's also because the Lego Movie made a ton of money. Well, ton of money, but also Lord and Miller, they they presented Batman in that movie, and he was one of the highlights of it. Yeah. And, you know, he, he became the obvious target for a spinoff. This is a smart decision for DC. Yes. And it just so happens that the film they will make is going to be a comedy featuring yes. Batman, which is great for what it is. So I'm not going to say give too many caveats here. But, you know, it seems exciting. I'm going to want to I'm going to see it. Yeah. I don't know if I should look up if they're directing it or if they are just writing it. Because if uh, I mean, I'm sure whoever is helming it, it'll be fine. Um also, like Ray Fiennes is uh, Alfred. Alfred, that's pretty neat. Um, it's uh, who who is making this? God, I'm I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, oh no, it's they. Someone else is directing it, but they are listed as uh, as among the writers. So All right, cool, good. Um, yeah, so yeah, but here, here's to it. I, I really hope it, it works out because that made me laugh quite a bit watching that. <laughs> So these are, we watched 10 trailers from Comic-Con. If we might have left out a couple trailers here and there, sorry. I mean, there are only so many trailers we can watch. All right, we talked show. about King Arthur and Snowden, for God's sake. Yeah, we, we, fit in, <laughs> we fit in talk about trailers that aren't even really like the, the type of movies that we see at Comic-Con usually. So hope you enjoy our thoughts on all that. And, uh, and then as usual, if you want to give us any thoughts about the trailers, if you thought they were good, you thought they would sucked, you liked certain things about it. Uh, thought maybe they showed a little too much of Harley Quinn's ass once again. in that, uh, in that suicide squad trailer, I don't think we're going to get many of those. No, hopefully not. I don't know. If, yeah. That, that comes when you're like the nerdist level popularity. Uh, but hopefully we get there. And if you want, you can email us at wageofcinema at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page so you can follow up on whenever we post a new podcast and lots of other goodies that I like to post on the, on the page. Um, I actually just posted something in conjunction with uh, the Cinema Immersion Tank episode, which hopefully you might like. And um, and also we're on Twitter at Wage of Cinema and Instagram, Tumblr. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So you have no lack of options to listen for us. So don't hear, don't let me hear you any complaining because you're listening to us right now. Anyway, um, Jack's right. Yeah. So hope you enjoy this listening to us this week. Uh, and, uh, when we come back next time, we'll be, we'll actually be seeing suicide squad. So that will be quite a lot of fun. Uh, or it might not be, we'll let you know. And for right now, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And remember the wages of cinema is Batman. You're darn right, whoa.